If this is your first week joining the show, or maybe you've missed a couple episodes and you're jumping back in today, I wanted to let you know that this is a part two of a conversation about grief that I'm having with my dear friend, Reverend Dr. Wanda Walworn. And so I'm going to encourage you to pause the episode now and go back to and listen to last week's episode to give you the foundation for what we talked about creating a theology of grief and understanding why what we believe about grieving well really matters. Then you can dive back into this episode, which is part two of our conversation about how we apply it to our lives. Can't wait to dive in. That, that's maybe that's my next question for you is what makes th- what makes a partnership with Jesus in grieving different than simply um, just looking at pain for like a self-pity boohoo everybody look at me what's the difference because I think sometimes people have have fear of like Oh, am I just Eeyore walking around boohooing my life, making a big deal of something that doesn't? I've had I've had that question before. What happens if I'm making up something that what didn't actually happen? Or what if I'm causing more pain by looking back than if I would have just kept moving forward? How what are, how do we process some of those questions? Well, unfortunately, denial mm-hmm. isn't going to get us anywhere because it still is affecting us. And so that's why like Kubler-Ross's book on grief and grieving mm. and the stages of grief are very, yeah. very helpful because, but we, again, we don't go cr- chronologically through each stage. Yeah. We skip around, we go all over the place mm-hmm. and anger is a big one. And and that's kind of why our emotions are big, but with anger, you have to go what's underneath that. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's often a lot, there is, you know, there is fear, there is anxiety, there is kind of like a get out of my way type of thing. There is hurt, unmet expectations, invalidating Mm -hmm. my personhood, my opinion. So there again, but, but you have to be willing to go underneath some of these emotions like anger or rage to, to be able to clearly pinpoint. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, I know what that is. Mm -hmm. I am holding a grudge against them because if I forgive I feel like now what? Yep. They got off the hook. Yeah. But the but the unforgiveness or the, mm. the or that the anger and the wanting revenge of what I am holding to mm-hmm. is only hurting me. Yeah. It is only hurting me. And so again, in the presence of the Lord, he is saying, Honey, I know you want to be free. The way free is to let go mm. of these things, not deny them. Yeah face them, acknowledge them, and now let go. Let me have it. Let me have it. And I want to replace it with truth. Mm -hmm. The other thing about power and especially abuse, like any type of abuse that a person has gone through, Mm -hmm. they were in a powerless situation. And oftentimes they were silenced and Mm -hmm. shame came in. So Mm -hmm. silence, secrecy, you know, and suffering alone is all part of shame. Mm -hmm. And so, and often, and we experienced shame in our lives before we could even talk because research shows it's like between 12 and 18 months, pointing the finger, burying your frow at us, slapping a little toddler's hand. So you felt shame before you ever knew what it was or could put words to. Mm -hmm. So now when we're in the midst of painful things, we feel shame again. Mm. 
But because it was silenced back then and we don't have words for it, oftentimes shame never gets acknowledged. Shame is never the, the thing we pull out. We feel guilty. We feel sad. We feel hurt. But shame is that ugly little bugger that is has been is really holding us back in such a strong way. And so being able to find words for it mm-hmm. and naming it and bringing it to the light. So all those things to come come out against shame and no longer be silent. I'm speaking to it. I'm no longer going to suffer alone. I'm going to be with other people, you know? And so that's huge. And that's why it needs to be done um, with others and in community, because Mm -hmm. again, we would prefer to, to do it alone, but, but the body of Christ is, is so significant and needed because we were meant to walk together in every part of life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So when folks have, have experienced abuse, trauma, you know, mm-hmm. abortions, whatever it is, deep, deep things, yeah. they do need to be referred to professional help, Absolutely. counseling, therapy, you know, those types of things. And we're not saying, you know, oh, we can just, you know, just write a grief journal and you're okay. Yeah. No, we're one facet. Mm-hmm. And so spiritually, this is what I can, yeah. I can offer you. Mm-hmm. I can walk you through a grief journal and I can come at it from this angle, listen to the Lord with you and for you and pray what he gives me. But I really, you, you really need to go to counseling mm-hmm. and have that professional counselor walk you through, mm-hmm. you know, the, these kinds of things. And, and so I, I just want to throw that in there as Absolutely. well, because we're not at all trying to say that this is the, it's, it's a combination as always with many mm-hmm. things and um, to really help a person get healing. Yeah. I think in my own experience, having both sides of the coin have been really helpful. Well, I guess Mm -hmm. it's three, right? Because we have to address grief on a body, soul, and spirit level. Maybe Mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a second, how that looks. Okay. That's because that's really helpful for people. So um, for me in 2021, when I went through my valley of the shadow of death, (laughs) my body freaked out. And Mm. again, as we talked about today, I have walked with a deep understanding of grief and have lived to as much as I had the capacity for with a, with a discipline of grief. Like that's been a normal part of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was a type of pain that I had no grid for. I was just so far gone that I, and I literally remember kind of the day that the grief broke and I remember screaming I don't know where she went I don't know where she went I don't know where she went and I literally felt the like little version of Bridget be like I'm done I'm not here I I am not safe and it was really weird because it was like this body of mine that's supposed to be a safe place for my being right mm-hmm. was like nope I'm gone and I'm like oh whoa and I just I, I literally felt the disembodiment take place. Hmm. Um, and so it was – my body responded in really weird ways. It responded – I had three and a half months where my body itched uncontrollably. There hmm. were no rashes. I was like – I tried laundry detergent and making sure I wasn't using lotions or shampoo or body wash or something that was irritating my mm-hmm. skin. Finally, I had met with a um, massage therapist and I just asked her. I was like, hey, I was like – I went through a really painful situation. 
I don't understand what's happening, but I itch all the time. And she goes, yeah. She's like, your body's trying to figure out what to do with the anxious energy. It doesn't know how to get it Mm. out. And so it's just, it's trying to come out through whatever it can. And so it's just going to itch. And she's like, that's very normal. I've also had friends that have gone through like the loss of a parent and have had psoriasis breakouts really bad Mm. because your your skin is our largest organ. And so our emotions Mm -hmm. impact the way our bodies work. And so this doesn't necessarily mean this is the prescription of grief. It's just saying for me, that was how it came out in my body. Um, Mm -hmm. Weird things, like I had nocturnal panic attacks, which I had never had before. And so I would go to bed feeling fine and then I'd wake up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden just like full-blown panic. feel like I was going to puke. I felt like that weird like pre-throwing up feeling Mm -hmm. in a lot of pain, like spinning, like just awful, awful. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, And severe TMJ because I clenched so hard because my Mm -hmm. body, again, it just was like, just hold on, don't die. It was basically my body's like, whatever you need to do not to die, please hold on. And I was just like, I have never seen my body do this. And it just was like, it kind of unfolded over a couple weeks. And then it stayed that way for a good like six to eight months. My body was just in like massive fight or flight, which was so hard. And I had to make those choices of like, okay, well, if I said, I I have said publicly from a stage (laughs) that I will be a gold medal griever. So what do I do now? What do I do now when my body, my physical body is so overwhelmed with grief, I can barely function? What do I do? So for me, I had to separate them into two. I had to separate them into like a trauma counselor of let's process the, the soul of the questions mm-hmm. of like, God, why did this happen? What is wrong with me? Like, I thought I heard you all through that kind of stuff. And my physical body being in so much pain. And then I had to put it in a separate box and I had to go have some like spiritual direction help with someone that could hold all of the spirit questions of like, mm-hmm. but wait a second, like I this, this felt like an expression of my purpose. Like I was mm-hmm. living in what I had always wanted to live in. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was being obedient to the Lord. I felt like other people confirmed it. I felt like the, the, places that I had sought the presence of God. So it was like all these like very things of like, oh my gosh, I'm not sure what to do. And I really do believe that everybody faces that type of experience at one season or another. Um, where all the things that you hope are going to work aren't going to work and you're just left with, <laughs> I don't know what to do now. I literally don't know what to do now. Which is why I called – this community recover your life it comes from matthew eleven twenty eight in the message um and it says are you tired worn out burned out mm-hmm. on religion come to me get away with me and you will recover your life mm-hmm. and i remember it had come up either on like a verse of the day or somehow i came across that in that season and it was one of those things where i came to the lord with my arms crossed and i was like you wrote down here that if I'm going to go get away with you, you'll recover my life. My life is blown up into a million pieces. So you have you have to hold your end of the bargain. <laughs> like I, I'm going to get away with you. And so I did. I had to make really hard choices to make my life really quiet of like anything, trimming the fat, right? Anything that was extra, I was like, I'm I'm sleeping. I'm going to work. I'm eating. I'm getting good hugs and connection from my friends. 
and everything else I have to just reserve so that my body can function. Um, that was kind of like the, the physical part of grief. So those are great things like trauma therapist. There can be seasons where medication can be really helpful um, mm-hmm. because you, your um, nervous system and your adrenal system, you're especially, especially in high levels of grief, your adrenal system burns through things like magnesium and other really important minerals really fast. And so sometimes it can be helpful to work with a doctor to have extra um, chemical support for your body to set your body up for success. Um, anything else in the body space that you found that's been helpful or has kind of been your experience of physical expression of grief? Well, obviously eating well, getting lots of rest. I, I, for me, rest is a huge thing. And, and even as sometimes students would come in stressed out over things and it's like, when's the last time you ate? When's the last time you slept? First thing to do, go take a nap, get up, eat, shower, come back to me, see where you're at. And they were completely different people. Yeah. But they, you know, the sky was falling, they're breaking up with their boyfriend, life yeah. is horrible, all of that kind of thing. So yeah. yes, just almost like normal, the mm-hmm. normal parts of life to really care for you. Most people, and I think most women, um, or many women, mm-hmm. people in general do yeah. not <laughs> listen to yeah. their bodies. Mm-hmm. And you are one of the best people I know who mm. really listens to your body. Mm-hmm. And I have been tr- trying to do that more and more mm-hmm. as, as I am including it. And maybe it's yeah. because I'm getting old, older and I need like, whoa, I don't have the energy I had before there. Are, and, and so, but really listening to my body and listening, I'm also listening to the resistance. Yeah. Our body will resist things. Absolutely. When we hear something around something, walk by something, someone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those are, are to be heard, to be paid attention to, uh, they're, they're significant. So, and, and, and that works with grief as well. So even in these, in these last, you know, few months of really grieving the, the probably the worst thing in my life, yep. I am just giving myself space to be with the Lord and listen here, have fun with my kids, my grandkids, rest, mm but really listen to my body. So I am beginning to notice some of those little mm-hmm. resistance yeah. things. And, and, and also the Lord just kind of drawing me, go play. I yes. mean, I love to play. I love to have yes. fun, but, but play and fun. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so those are, those are not insignificant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are not insignificant at all, especially in the midst of pain and loss. Mm-hmm. I love that. There's a little, um, I was helping a friend clean through her pantry uh, a couple weeks ago and there was like an old box of a, a toy that her kid had. And it said, there was a little thing and I, it was a little piece of paper and it said, belonging begins with play. Mm-hmm. And so I have mm-hmm. it. I, I'm like, can I take this home? And I taped it in my journal. Um, <laughs> because just being on this of that play is really important and that it's good for my body. I mean, even things like that's why you have recess at school. Recess is not necessarily mm-hmm. about the fresh air while that helps. Your body mm-hmm. needs to wiggle and move and move around. Like your body wasn't designed to just sit stagnant and study all the time. Like whether you're, right. whether you're six or 60, like you, you mm-hmm. your body needs to move. It needs delight. It needs to move around, um, which is so, so important in that. And so, yeah, I think just having, having that space of 
grief does show up in our body. How do we how do we set our bodies up for success? Um, it's obviously not an end all be all. I mean, there there's mm-hmm. a, a thousand reasons why we can have physical physical issues, um, but also being compassionate in the how do how do I support my body extra in seasons of grief? Um, our souls. So our souls are our mind, our will, and our emotions. I feel like when we're in seasons of grief, it just will trigger some of those unprocessed core wounds of like, do I have a voice? Do you see me? Am I safe with you? Do I matter? Um, and the whatever the wreckage is in your outside life can be really quick validation to to try to get your soul to believe that that's true. No one's showing up mm-hmm. for me. Um, I'm not enough. You know, I will never have the dream that it's 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 never good to risk because I end up, you know, all everybody is I guess I just want to say this is like that's very normal in grief to ask those questions because your brain mm-hmm. is trying to make sense of pain that you were never designed like we were never designed right. to have to process loss the way we process loss in a broken world. Um, and so it's okay that your soul asks some really big questions. Mm-hmm. When our souls ask those really big questions, what's a good next step to pursue connection to say, I'm allowed to ask all these questions, but not all of these questions are capital T truth. Who, where, yes. where, where do we bring those soul questions when we're in grief? So that is why when Paul says in Romans 12 mm-hmm. to don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, mm-hmm. we automatically go to lies. Like, and you even said that, of what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, why am I like this? Why did you make this happen to me? Yeah. Why is this here? And we automatically believe that it's, it's something that we have mm-hmm. done or whatever. Yeah. Um, and not just a result of living in a broken world and, the kingdom is here, but yet not, not yet in its fullness. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it, yes, we did. Our choices and and our bad choices got us to this horrible mm-hmm. place. And you know what I mean? But identifying lies and the feelings that are hooked within to those lies, yep. breaking them, cutting them off, and then mm-hmm. replacing them with truth. So yep. the discipline is to live in truth. Mm-hmm. So I know that I'm loved, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily live like I loved. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I, I want to share this one thing from my book that I ran okay. across the other day. And I'm like, yes, I want to share this with Bridget, because the statement that I make is that when we believe we are loved, mm-hmm. we live differently. <gasps> and the ongoing response to our desperation mm-hmm. for love is by saying yes to God's invitation to love us. Mm-hmm. Accepting God's gift is the easy part, but living in that love is a discipline. Yeah. We will have to fight through doubt until our experience matches our knowledge that God is with us, for us, on our side. Mm-hmm. And accepting God's love is a choice we must make every day mm-hmm. because when we believe we are loved, we live differently. And we live differently because we stop running from pain. Mm-hmm. And we embrace the process of grieving because pain actually shapes us Mm -hmm. and in the healing presence of a good God transforms us into that unique 
and, and special person that he lovingly designed. Yeah. And so the very thing that we need, um, we're going to resist and reject, but he's yeah. going to say, let my love be enough for you. Yeah. That's so great. So how is what's happening in our soul different than what's happening in our spirits? Like our, how can our, like we've, maybe people have heard the phrase, like my spirit is crushed. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel so distraught and so disconnected from God. I feel like I can't feel, feel him, hear him. I don't even know if I believe in God right now. Like it just feels so painful. Like what's happening to our, like what can happen to our spirits in deep levels of grief? So yes, our spirit does and can be crushed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's kind of where, again, as we're intricately involved, body, soul, and spirit, and our soul being mind, will, and emotions, but their spirit is the God consciousness part of us. And so our mm-hmm. spirit, as we're in union with the Holy Spirit, yeah. and he is within us, is drawing, I believe he is drawing us more and more to into the presence of the Father to be healed and and it's through the soul work, mind, will, and emotions yeah. that connect with the spirit and the body to bring about the, the complete mm-hmm. and the wholeness of our healing. Yeah. And I think sometimes what Christians do is be, because I'm a Christian and the old is gone and the new has come, mm-hmm. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I'm not going into the past. I don't, it shouldn't need to, shouldn't have to. I'm supposed to be an overcomer, all this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but it is affecting you. And so, and rather than letting it all come out and letting him sort that, um, and to just admit, you know, my spirit is crushed. I, Mm. I thought it was going to be different. And I thought I heard like, especially what you were saying, I thought I heard from the Lord, like everything that's quote unquote worked in my spiritual life before. Yep. I'm not hearing, I'm not feeling, I'm not seeing, it's, it's all different. It yep. can be a dark night of the soul, but that's actually what happens when pain hits us yeah. and, and a need for grief hits us. And so it's kind of like, I, I feel like I described it as I just got off the tilt-a-whirl that I've been on for a very long time at the fair, and I'm standing there just trying to get my bearings as the spinning stops mm-hmm. all around me. To me, that's kind of what happens in needing to go into grief. It's Mm. whipping around. The situation's horrible. I know the truth, but physically, I'm still spinning. In my mind, I'm still spinning. My heart Mm. is broken. You know, my will is is obliterated because I I just what this just happened to me, and my spirit is crushed because I thought Jesus would protect me. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean he didn't. It's just, again, that's where I, it all happens in the midst of experiencing pain. And mm-hmm. so now I have to, mm-hmm. again, let things settle and let my community come around and speak truth and life and let the healing power of Jesus come into that moment and navigate me through it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I pulled up while you were talking um, one of my favorite chunks in Romans 5. Uh, I'm going to read 2 through 5-ish. <laughs> we'll see where mm-hmm. we go. It says, Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness. I'm reading in the Passion Translation. Um, Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. 
What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. But Mm. that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we now can experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. Yes. I, I've always said like the hope part, um, I have some thoughts based on what you just shared about kind of the crushed spirit. So number one, I think about the fact that it's not, I've always been fascinated by this passages of scripture because I think it's really interesting that it's not um that it's not love that brings hope (laughs) I think it's really interesting that it's character that leads to hope and character is something you have to build it like it doesn't just like magically fall out of the sky like character is something that's actually deeply formed in you over time Mm -hmm. and the idea I love it's like it's hope but it's not just like oh you know kind of that that thing that you say of like, oh, I hope we can get coffee sometime. You don't actually, you know what I mean? It's like, I know like this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. It's not something that's going away. It's not something I want to be tricked into. Mm-hmm. And I think about um, the, the cool thing of what intentionally grieving has afforded my life has been a platform to celebrate what the loss stole Mm-hmm. And to create space to want to have that type of celebration again. So I gave this example. I met with a grief share group a couple years ago. And one of the people were processing about um, a, a loss they had experienced and like not wanting to get rid of their loved one's clothing. And mm-hmm. I was like, yep, so incredibly painful. What would it look like for you to celebrate all the moments that those clothes represent to you? Of like, yeah. this is the this is the coat they always wore to cut wood, or this was the slippers they always wore on Sunday morning when we would drink coffee together. Like, what would it look like to to go back in and say grief stole that I can't celebrate all of these things anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe not grief stole it because that's not true. Grief leads us back to it, but the pain the pain of the loss took that innocence mm-hmm. from me. Because it make, it makes you want to go, I just am never going to celebrate anything good again. Because if I celebrate the good thing, mm-hmm. then when it's lost, it's too painful. Yeah. Um, so I think that space. But then also I think about um, when we – because these are kind of – some of the examples I've given have been out – like we couldn't control it. But when we have, when we have grief that's happened because other people in our, our life have made choices – that have very deeply and painfully impacted us. This is where this can get really hard because people uh, people want to jump to – we're going to have a whole podcast episode on this in a couple of weeks, which I'm super excited about, about like a slow process of forgiveness and why that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you just jump to like, I just have to forgive this person, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them, but you don't actually name what – their actions and behaviors cost and what the loss was like your body soul and spirit will never be able to close the loop and i found that like once i have just like violently named 
everything that I that was taken from me or lost or that I feel guilt or shame about that I contributed to or whatever the situation is, until I do that, like I don't actually ever have space to look at them with kindness. I don't Mm -hmm. because nothing was ever named. But when I can go back and name it and go, oh, wow, like I can acknowledge the pain that you, that you were in that led to the choices that you made that led to the pain that you contributed to my story. And I'm not ignoring it. I'm not brushing it under the rug. I'm not making excuses for it. I'm not even like, I'm not even saying it's okay. I'm saying I've been like, Jesus has paid me back for that. And now Mm -hmm. I, I can actually with integrity say, I have kindness and blessing to give you. But sometimes that happens in a week. Sometimes that happens in a year. Sometimes it happens in 17 years. Like, take the pressure off of, oh, I have to get to, I'm so excited to see this person that really hurt me. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also okay that there's a mixed mixed emotion, that there's a like, wow, I, I feel peace and I feel closure that this person made this decision and I made this decision and it's okay. It's okay. And at the same point, there's so much to grieve because mm-hmm. there's, there was so much to celebrate about mm-hmm. the beauty of the job, the friendship, the romantic relationship, the whatever it was, the family member. There was so much good to celebrate that got cut short that I've even found that that's been really helpful of going back and saying, what were the things that really needed to be celebrated and honored that weren't? And how, like, how do I make the celebration a part of the grief process as well? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So feeling the pain, naming the pain yep. and turning to God is faith. Yep. Yep. That That's faith mm-hmm. because I have nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. You know me better than anyone. And that's why a lot, that's why people, whether they actually believe in God or not, Mm -hmm. are first mad at him. Well, if he's such a great God, it's like, you don't even love God. (laughs) You don't even, you don't, you're a, you're an agnostic or you say you don't even believe in God. And yet the first person they're going to be mad at is God Mm -hmm. because someone's got to pay for this and someone, you know what I mean? And, but, but turning to him in the midst of Mm -hmm. feeling it, naming it. And that's the beauty is, is, and oftentimes in crisis, that's when people are most willing to actually come to God. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't even seem to make sense, but it's, it's true. And then they're open. And so if there is a community, that's why you like walking with people who don't know the Lord and we're in relationship when they are in crisis, they might give you a hard time or mm-hmm. make fun of you, or, you know, you're the preacher gal or whatever of the of the group but when Mm -hmm. something bad happens they will be the you will be the one yeah they want to talk about it and often receive prayer for and all those kinds of things absolutely so Mm. to come to the healer yeah absolutely well as we wrap up our conversation today i would love to give um people ability to connect with you. So how do they connect with you online? Um, we didn't even get to talk about your book today. Sad about that. But I think that's an incredible resource people that connected to if they're like, hey, I've never considered this topic before. This is really cool. But talking about my soul and my spirit, I've n- never heard about it, but I'd like to learn. I think that your book would be a great place to start. And then 
um, for women that are interested in Empower, is that still something that they can get mm-hmm. connected to online? Sure. So the book is called Spiritual Journey. Can I really get close to God? Mm-hmm. And I wrote it during COVID and it was, it's been a mixture of a lot of things over the years as I've walked people through. And it even even though churches and people that know God and hopefully will walk through with other people. And I always had at the back of my mind, people that didn't know God to have a safe place to talk about that very question. Mm -hmm. Can I get close to a God? I don't know. And does he still love me if I don't say I love him or whatever? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of walking through spiritual journey. I included in there what I called mirror moments that are more reflective moments and little activities to do. And I just wrote a leader's guide for it. It it can all be found on the walbornleadership.com website, walbornleadership.com, which I'm sure you'll put in the notes or whatever. Um, But that is meant to have people read the book together. But I even broke it down of what you would do um, five days a week because people Mm -hmm. aren't going to, necessarily meet with God every single day, even though they might have great intentions. Mm -hmm. So I let you off the hook and only have to do five, but to to come up with a creative way in which you connect. So if that is writing, if it's journaling, if it's sculpting, if it's knitting, if it's Mm -hmm. drawing, if it's sketching, but, and how God spoke to you and then coming to the, to your group to talk Mm -hmm. about what he spoke to you about, not what I wrote in the book and answer these questions, but it's like, what is God speaking to you and learning in community, how we hear from God and how we walk together. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what the book is. And there's, there are elements. I, I think I need to do way more on the grief part because Mm -hmm. it's so huge, Mm -hmm. but hearing God is a big one. And that Mm -hmm. is like my, my great desire and my desire for people to mm-hmm. know the love of Jesus. Yeah. And so um, you can go to wallbornleadership.com. That's where it is. A number of years ago, um, the seminary Alliance Theological Seminary was approached to create a certificate program for women because of a pastor's wife mm-hmm. who um, had taken her life. Wow. And, and so uh, the district was distraught that a, woman leader was in that much pain and felt she had nowhere to go. And so they approached and asked if we would create a program. Mm -hmm. The provost came to me and said, would you do that? And so I put together a team of 12 women, different Mm -hmm. ages, ministry experience, ethnicity, um, academic experience as well. And we began to pray and seek the Lord Mm -hmm. uh, about what we would do. And we surveyed women of the, of the, the region what do you need? What do you, what do you feel you need? And we came up with um, Mm -hmm. Bible and theology, Mm -hmm. spiritual formation, and a mandatory mentoring group where in most things you can get great content and you can have all sorts of cool teaching Mm -hmm. PowerPoints available handouts, but the mentoring group, and we do provide, you know, there's books to read, papers to write, you know, all that kind of stuff, but Mm -hmm. your mentoring group is where, you're going to have trained mentor and assistant to walk yeah. with you and you get to process what the spirit of God is doing in you and then receive personal prayer so that no one can live under the radar in so much pain wow. that nobody knows. Beautiful. So that's at empowerww.org. Mm-hmm. And so, and the, we exist to um, equip and inspire and prepare women for effective ministry. 
Mm. However, that doesn't mean church ministry. It means the ministry in your life, leadership, work, community, marketplace. And if you work in the church, great, but it's for the kingdom of God. And that means it's outside the walls. Mm -hmm. And so we want all women to have a place to get equipped and raised up and then released back to so her she knows her identity and she knows the gifts God's given her and the specific calling and she goes and does that wherever that is Mm. so very very excited about that one last thing I want to share with you my friend Holly I'm wearing a necklace that says loved and she said it was from a prophetic group that you give the person the I guess the person's name I don't I don't know what she did but anyway they prayed over it and came up with this word for me that is engraved on this necklace. Wow. And she gave it to me and there was a whole prophetic word of, and it, it's so right on. I'm just like, wow, how cool is that? And so um, it really is cool because it says loved. And then the other part over here says hope. And again, if I, I always say to people, even though you've asked me today to speak on, you know, we're talking about grieving Mm-hmm. I always come back to the love of the Father. Mm-hmm. You need to know we're loved. And when we know we're loved, and the goal of our spiritual formation is the yeah. presence of the Lord. Absolutely. Because in His presence, there is joy, there is fullness, there is peace, mm-hmm. there's health, there's healing, there's wholeness. And so mm-hmm. our goal is not to go do and work for Him and be used of Him, which yeah. is an abusive way of even saying that, but our goal is to be loved by Him have deep relationship with him. And out of that overflow of my deep love of the one who loves me and knows me better than all. Now Mm -hmm. I go and do what he's made me to do. Mm -hmm. Grieving along the way, (laughs) letting go of the painful places, but bringing hope and healing to Mm -hmm. other people too. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Well, I love you so much. Thank you for hanging out with our community today and friends. My pleasure. Um, go ahead and we would love to hear from you. So please reach out. If this is an episode where you go, wow, like I needed to hear that or you want to share it with your friends, send it in your group text, send it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is. Um, people, we don't need to do this by ourselves. We don't need to do this alone. And so what is it like for us to create resource? And I hope that this is just one conversation that you are able to go ahead and share with your friends and family and hopefully create some more language so that when you are in the seasons of deep grief, that you know that you are loved, you know that you have support and you know that there will be space for you to recover your life in the midst of it. So until next time, friends. 